All right. Hey, everybody. This is Arrangements in Black and White. And uh, I'm Hobart Taylor. I'm Clark Taylor. And uh, we're going to talk about First Encounters, the uh, first time that uh, I, as a black person, and Clark, as a white person, remember meeting somebody who was, uh, in my case, white, and in Clark's case, black. And uh, we're going to each tell a story. And uh, then we're going to ask each other what uh, the story means to each of us and then maybe come up with some concluding, concluding remarks. Uh, all right, Clark, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, what's your first memory? <laughs> uh, you know, I've thought about this a lot because o- over my life and especially in the last half of my life, because I, I, I just have an inordinate comfort with Black people. I I just feel like I remember one time going to Washington, D.C., and I popped up out of, I was just going to go down to the Grand Mall and whatever, the Great Mall, the Grand Mall, the Great Mall, and see whatever was happening. I just happened to be in D.C., and I popped up out of the um, subway system, and I'm in the middle of some gigantic African-American celebration. I, I don't know what it was about, but Rosa Parks was literally there. I think that's, I think it was Rosa Parks, Jesse Jackson. I mean, everybody was there on stage talking. There were fried fish sandwiches that you could get at plates. And I felt like, oh my God, I'm in heaven, right? So it was fascinating. So I'm like, just kind of joyfully going around this event. And I was one of very few white people in, in attendance of this thing. It was outdoors. It was just this really spring day. And so I've thought about what, what is it about, that what is that about me where I where I have such a comfort? And it's not to say that it's always been that way in every way, but I hearken back to the really the, my first memory of a black person, which was a, a, a woman named Stella, this large African American lady that my mom uh, hired to sit with. I was the oldest child, and this was in our house in Metairie, Louisiana, right off of the airline highway there, right next to railroad tracks, a very little house in a modest neighborhood in New Orleans. And my mother, who was not a very loving person, and that's not to say too much bad about her because she would hear this recording and and be concerned about that. She was very hard at work. My father was gone often on sales trips. He was you know, doing the young married couple uh, uh, father thing. So he was out traveling and doing things. And my mom needed help at home and was probably going out and looking for work. And my mom was an only child raised in a family that frankly just didn't have a lot of warm hug. Nobody got hugged ever. Nobody got that kind of love and anyway Stella would she would go pick up Stella and I was always in the car and this is probably 1960 I was born in 57 so this is probably 1960 1961 at the latest Stella would get in the car and sit in the back seat and my mom would pick her up and my brother and I, who was younger than me by 16 months, so he's probably two and I'm maybe four, 
when I remember this three or, you know, in, in those eras. And she would give us a slice of double mint gum. So double mint gum has always been, you know, a thing with me because we would get a, sli- we knew we were going to get that. And she would get in the car and she'd hand us each, you know, piece of double mint gum. And it was just this joyful moment. Then my mom would br- bring us, drive us all back to the house. And my mom would go off and do whatever she was going to do. And Stella would just sit with us, but she was super, super loving and physical and would make us look food or whatever, maybe make us a bowl of oatmeal or cereal. And then we could sit on her lap and watch TV. And she was just this very sweet lady. And I'm sure that that experience at a very young age gave me a depth of feeling. Because at the time, I'm obviously, I don't know black and white, at least right as a division at, at that age. It was just simply this loving woman. So that was the, my first experience with with a black person was extremely good and involved a large amount of love and connection and attention. She's very, you know, she was just a very sweet woman. And so, so my first experience was obviously one that's ha- had positive resonance in my life from then on. Wow. All right. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, my first experience uh, while you were talking, a couple of things came in mind, and I realized that, that I was going to talk about the first human experience. But I think my first experience is probably mediated because uh, you know you're a kid, right, and and you're you're first in, at home in, in your family, and then you have some limited social interactions. So it's uh, the other family members, other family members' homes, and they were they were they were all. The black or my grandmother or, or or my aunts or whatever you know, and so probably the very first was uh, people I saw on television. Probably the first white people I remember encountering were Hoss and Ben Cartwright and <laughs> Little Joe and, and and certainly the first Asian I I know I ever encountered was Hop Singh and yeah. uh, on on demand. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's because we got a television, a color television when I was very little. We were one of the first to have it. And the only show in color, the first show in color was Bonanza. So we <laughs> would be sure to watch Bonanza. But so that uh, that, that, that gave me a sense of uh, benign and righteous, and, you know, uh, and pleasant white people. And it expanded, it's, you know, to other to other programming, and even to the cartoons. The closest I think I had to a, a black person uh, in media uh, was a, a Mighty Mouse, because somehow I associated Mighty Mouse as being somehow black, because he, <laughs> he was a black mouse. Um, and, uh, and he was uh, small, but he was a mouse, but he had power. He had some sort of power, even though he was small. So yeah. there, was, there was something alluring about him. The uh, extended reality, uh, or probably we were Unitarian, so I probably uh, saw people in church when I was little, but I don't have a clear memory of that. And uh, I do remember people coming by the house, uh, friends of my mom's or dad or co-workers or whatever. And my mom was active in something called the March of Dimes, you know, we're, 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 we're a charity. And so... Uh, I think that people came by, but again, I'm just a little kid on display 
and, and no direct encounter. It wasn't until I was in second grade, in first grade, I went to a, an all-black public school in Detroit where my mom was principal, and that was not a good idea to have a kid in school or your principal. So uh, I was sent to a, 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 cool, a school called City and Country Day, which was a private school, and I had to take a bus. And there were like about six or seven other black kids who would ride this bus, and, and, and then we'd go and pick up other kids and go out to Bloomfield Hills, which is a suburb of Detroit, out eight-mile road, I don't know, five, six, I don't know how many miles from where we lived to, to the school. And my second grade teacher was Mrs. Doty. I mean, I made friends in second grade. Uh, certainly, uh, my closest friends were, were Jewish. Uh, I guess they were also, in a sense, others or othered. Derry Capsonell, David Shapiro. We were just kids together. But, but uh, that was still, and still just sort of like being, being kids together. And yet I knew there was something exotic about them. Uh, about the Jewish kids, there were the holidays. There were the days that they weren't coming to school. There were there were there were a certain relationship they seemed to have with each other uh, that, that, that 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 cued me into uh, the fact that there were other others. And then there was a teacher, and uh, similar to your, your Stella, Mrs. Doty. Uh, somehow, I don't know quite why. I'm assuming because of the. Uh, being the civil rights era or liberal guilt or wanting to show she was like a progressive and, and, and aware of, of, of race and racism. She took particular care. I remember her hovering over the desk. I remember her being really supportive and taking time and making sure I felt comfortable. I remember her words of encouragement. I wrote a short story uh, in second grade about uh, meeting... <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. She was a uh, really, really uh, uh, encouraging, and and that gave me a sense that that that, that despite what I was beginning to become aware of from uh, the television news reports, the stuff going on in Alabama, and the 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 um, uh, uh, the children being hosed, all of that stuff, that that that, that there were people who who that, that there were white allies that that, that we were not. Uh, somehow alone. And I have no idea, of course, what's going on in, in her head or in her heart, uh, but I just know what it felt like. And it felt like that I not, need not be uh, terrified or afraid uh, that I could feel a sense of security with, uh, <coughs> with some white people, <clears throat> or at least with uh, uh, this particular white woman. So uh, because it was a positive encounter, I think uh, I... Uh, carry with me uh, the hope, and I've had uh, a hell of a lot of negative encounters, but I've carried with me the hope that, uh, that there's something uh, beyond uh, the immediate identification of, uh, of uh, race, either on my part or on the part of uh, white people that I, I encounter. So that's uh, my first encounter of the race kind. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions, and please ask me a couple of questions about uh, our stories. Aside from the fact that I love that grand mall, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Washington is a grand mall seizure. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I want to know if you ever knew Stella's last name. Well, I probably did. I probably did or did not. That I don't remember at the time. My mom 
remembers her because she I, we spoke about her not that long ago and she just has these very fond memories of her because she said she saved she thinks of her as kind of a savior at the time because she was struggling in a in a marriage that that was at the time there's a lot of strains because my father was on the road a lot and he was he didn't pick us up as children until we were two you know he didn't ever he didn't participate in the in dad being a dad or being a thing so there's a lot of strains in her marriage at the time she's very very unhappy time for her and she's and she talks about stella but i Uh, she probably knows her last name. I could probably ask her. Um, she's still alive, obviously. She's 94. So I could probably say, what was her last name? And I, she would probably remember. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, the point is that, is that, the, the, and the two things. We didn't remember. call her. We didn't call her. We, but we called you, her. You called us. What do you call her? We, I'm sure we called her Stella, but uh, we were little guys. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I, I know what you're saying. All, all because most of the, my relationships with black people when I was a child were as were maids that came into the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was segregated. I, I went to elementary school from kindergarten to to uh, through third grade. I was in a segregated. School. I was at an all white school. Right, right, right. Of course, of course. We didn't have black teachers or black st- fellow students. Right. I didn't have my first black fellow students until I was in seventh grade. All right. Yeah. I, I got. It, I got. It. My lord, thou dost protest too much. Um, What's that? <laughs> you know the, the old. Well, well yeah, we did. Oh man, my <laughs> my parents were my parents were Goldwater Republicans. At least my dad was, and my right, mother. Right. Grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and she, so and so there was a contentiousness about their feelings about race, and you know the yeah I grew up in uh, uh, okay great but if, where I'm where I'm getting at is that, that um, um, there is a um, in this in in this first encounter uh, sort of to parse it this is. Um, Someone who is uh, asked to be uh, a, an emotional surrogate, not only a, a caretaker, uh, but uh, uh, as you describe it, uh, someone to fulfill a, a uh, psychological and psychosocial need uh, that was that, that, that was missing in your family, and wh- whose value is far beyond the monetary. Um, in terms of its uh, impact and, and its, uh, you know, and its uh, relationship to your development and your growth. Yeah, and uh, and, and, and to just to further ex- uh, parse it, it, she it was maybe uh, you know a couple of days a week, or we didn't, it, you know, it was I don't remember the frequency or the or how long we were there. I'd have to ask my mom. She she has a clear memory of it, obviously, because we were three years old, four years old, maybe. And then we left there when I was before kindergarten. So um, it, it was it wasn't like she was the long term because I have friends who grew up in Mississippi and went to Ole Miss with. They grew up with and I had a, a friend of mine uh, in Chifuncta and they had a, a black maid named Mamie who came in the morning and stayed till the night. 
she right, was right, all day, right, every day. Right, right. And which we is all... which is which is almost an extension of slavery. It goes back to the the role that the mammy played in slavery. Yes, she was uh, legit. Uh, her her literally, name was literally, literally mammy. Okay, yeah, her, exactly. Her name was Mamie. <laughs> and we all would go over to the house because she would cook this insanely delicious food. And we would go over to the house, you know, during the summertime, especially, right? Yeah, okay. So that's we, when we, we, it. that's when she, she was highly, but she was there all the time. And their parents, yeah, okay. uh, his parents, <laughs> Monty Fabric, his parents. Okay. His uh, all right, all right. So, so. Uh, we, by by exploring this a little deeper, we we we, we found that you know the direct link, uh, and this is a uh, hundred years, uh, almost literally a hundred years after emancipation. But yeah. uh, uh, the pattern, the pattern, the domestics. Right, 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 right. Well, not only uh, yeah, and beyond domestic. I mean, uh, uh, it is uh, uh, and beyond serving, uh, because uh, a servant. Uh, if you look at like an English servant, he comes, he puts the food on the table, and then he goes to his quarters downstairs. Yeah, an yeah. American servant uh, or uh, uh, is an extension of slavery and has a role uh, within the family as a, 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 as a subservient member of the family, performing not only uh, physical tasks, but uh, social and psychological tasks yeah. uh, and, and, and child rearing, et cetera. For sure. So, do you have any questions uh, uh, from my story? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. So, um, uh, yeah, give me a, a context of time and place. So, you were you were in second Detroit, grade. Detroit in the early sixties. Uh, well, uh, yeah, the, late fifties, early sixties. So how old were you when you moved there? Do you remember? No, I was born in Detroit. So, we're born in Detroit. Okay. I was born in Detroit. I always so, connect you to Houston. So, yeah, no, my my dad was from Houston. But and I, I lived in Houston later on. But yeah, um, gotcha. I was born in Detroit, and uh, my dad was an affluent attorney uh, working at that time. I think for Wayne County for the county. My mom was a principal of an elementary school, one of the the youngest uh, principals ever in, in in Detroit. And she um, uh, now, they were both and very the busy schools are both, segregated at the time. Well, not not officially, yeah, not officially, but. But the neighborhoods are segregated, so the schools are segregated. Uh, there may have been there may have been some white kids uh, in 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 uh, the uh, certainly in the high schools. They were they were integrated because the white flight hadn't completed. Uh, the neighborhoods were were still slightly mixed, uh, uh, and so the larger schools I think were integrated. But the elementary schools, uh, Roosevelt is when I went to Roosevelt Elementary, uh, was was as I recall it, all black. Uh, uh, so, um, okay. you well, know, and, yeah, and were so the, the teachers black or all the teachers white were black? Teachers. The teachers were black. And okay. that was, again, maybe the result of uh, the attempt to integrate uh, uh, education in Detroit. So they brought in black teachers and, and there was a great migration of uh, educated blacks who followed the migration of the blacks who came to work in the automobile factories. So providing all the services. First, you had the people working in the factories. And then you had uh, black doctors and lawyers and educators and all those people who served uh, uh, the black community because they would have, again, the freedom they wouldn't have in the South and the ability to make far more money than they would in the South. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, it was part of the Grand Migration. All right. Well, I think this has uh, been a, uh, a useful uh, 
introduction to uh, programming and I hope that uh, uh, y'all will uh, continue to be interested in uh, uh, this program and uh, uh, topics we want to explore are, are things like uh, humor, uh, jokes um, uh, uh, from uh, black jokes, white jokes. I, I think we're going to probably talk to a, a comedian, a white comedian who's played in all black clubs and the, Black comedian who's uh, 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 had to deal with the uh, uh, racism on the road, or, 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 or you know that sort of thing, and maybe even uh, both of their experiences with yeah. being heckled uh, in both environments. I have, I have some very specific stories around that. Anytime you want to hear, <laughs> all right, all right. and and we're going to talk about food. I know that's another topic that, yep. that's coming up. Uh, we were uh, we were recently. Uh, Exploring uh, culinary St. Louis, and um, uh, one of the topics we uh, in our upcoming shows will be um, interviews with uh, folks who have run a farm-to-table restaurant in in um, uh, St. Louis is uh, uh, in, in a mixed ghetto neighborhood, and, and how uh, this, this white family is, has managed to uh, relate to their environment and and, and also um uh, someone who is in ferguson missouri uh home of uh, the uh, infamous uh, police shooting michael brown uh who has a relatively new and modern restaurant and a uh, black restaurant tour and and maybe his encounters and relationships with uh uh the um uh, blacks and whites who who come and eat at his establishment so thanks again and uh, this is hobart taylor and clark taylor all right see you on the flip side